the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of Eye on Real Estate, sponsored by Hempleaf. We won't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dottie Herman, and welcome to Iron Real Estate. As you most likely know, real estate is just everywhere. Everyone talks about it. There's no place I go that someone doesn't ask me, what's my house worth? Do you think I should stay or do you think I should move? Okay, I have, I personally have called it the universal language because everybody wants to know about it. And it doesn't you know, matter how much money you want. We all need some places to live. And I remember back in, uh, oh, I want to say it was maybe 2007, I think. I don't know. But everything was really bad. And people were going to banks taking money out. And <laughs> so the people at Douglas Elder were a little panicked. And I said, don't worry. People have to live somewhere. If they don't buy houses, we'll send them tents. So... People always have to live somewhere. Real estate is really, uh, again, I think politics have taken over real estate this year, but for most part, it's always on people's minds. So hopefully, hopefully, because we've been on a long time, I think it's 10 or 12 years, please tune into the show live on Saturdays at am970theanswer.com or am970theanswer.com on the mobile app or the iHeartRadio app or the iTunes. And don't forget to follow me. I get very sad if you don't. On Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Dottie Herman. And visit www.dottieherman.com for exciting news and the latest information. And if I'm a little long in getting back to you, I haven't found someone to help me really answer them. And when I did um, find someone to help me answer some of the uh, Questions and things that people write, I got, is this the fake Dottie? This is the fake Dottie. This is not the real Dottie. So I kind of know that, you know, you guys know my voice. So if it takes a little longer, but it's authentic and it's really for me, which it is, I think that's better. So forgive me if I haven't been as prompt as getting back to you the minute you send me. If you have any questions along the way, and again, we love to hear from you. Uh, feel free to call us at 866-970-9622. And even if we can't get you on the air, we'll try to answer your questions. And, of course, my co-host of the first hour, uh, who is a, f- a friend and a brilliant real estate attorney, um, is Attorney Stephen Abbott. 
a partner at the prestigious firm Casson & Casson, located in Westchester, but does like they do everything, all New York. Um, and he's always fills, filling us in on everything legal, everything new, big developments in business. Um, I have to tell you, he's a walking encyclopedia. Um, so I thank you, Steve, and I thank you, Steve, for giving your young time, your time, because Stephen has young kids, his wife is a doctor, so they are really the American family that works together. Uh, you know, they're busy. So thank you again, Stephen, for, for really dedicating My pleasure, Dottie. Glad, glad to be here. We, we got a lot of great, interesting news and insights. It's been a busy week uh, for the listeners, so a lot to talk about today and, and glad to be a part of it. Yeah, so Stephen and I do the first show. We had a uh, first hour. We had a, uh, somebody from sales coming in, but I guess the flu's going around, so they got sick at 12 at 11. But at 11.30, we'll be joined by Matt Moonster, who hosted the TV series Bed, uh, excuse me, Bath Crashers. Um, it's now on Magnolia Network, and uh, he's discussing the latest trends and designs for you for your bathroom and how bathrooms can improve the value of real estate. And again, we get very technical. There's a lot of stuff going on. And sometimes I'd like to always mix that up with going back to basics because at the end of the day, you want to get what's the best way to sell a house? Get top dollar, sell it in the least amount of time, okay, and get people that are going to love it and have financing. So we don't want to also, you know, I try to mix up some of the tips that are very basic, but sometimes people forget. I see a lot of houses, and you would be surprised how some people put their houses on the market. So, um, and another good thing that I think that you should all know is that, you know, the foreigners, which never made up most of New York City, I was just a cliche. I tell you every year, people say, oh, Donnie, just bring us some foreign buyer. He's going to have a suitcase full of cash, or she. Uh, they're going to have all this cash, and, and my life will be Nirvana. Well, <laughs> yes, foreigners did buy New York City, but it wasn't as big a number as everyone thought. Um, and, you know, that's kind of slowed down, especially with COVID. But we're starting to see that come back again. Um, but I do, okay, I, I want to give you some of things that um, I'm really passionate about. And I, Steve, I'm just curious to hear your opinion. You know, in the pandemic, and I have an apartment in New York City, and uh, I stayed in Florida a lot of the really bad part of the pandemic because uh, you really, city was locked down and very strict. I mean, if your mom was sick and she was in the building, they wouldn't even let you up to see her. And I'm sure that was a smart thing to do because we're very, you know, we're a compact city. We're not big. We're vertical. And so they were very careful. And then when I went to Florida, because I did get my vaccines in Florida, it was just easier. I had a friend that uh, made it possible for, possible for me to get them there. And I, uh, so I'm in Florida and I feel like, my God, what country am I in? This is nothing like New York. People are out, they're drinking, they're at bars. And New York was really tough. So I stayed there and I, uh, because, you know, I didn't feel like eating. I think you could eat in New York, but I think it was 20 degrees. So 
that's kind of we're, we're we're really kind of I don't want to say coming out of the pan- pandemic, but you know we're not in the midst of it, and uh, I think we're going to start seeing foreign buyers coming back. We're starting to see a little bit of that. Um, we did not for a while because nobody could go anywhere. And New York City is back at the top of international CRE investors' wish lists. Investors are picking the U.S. over Europe when it comes to commercial real estate, and that's from a new report. Allocations among international investors for commercial real estate in the U.S. were up by 6% over a year ago, while European investments declined by 5% according to a survey by the Association for International Real Estate Investors. Within the U.S., New York City, listen to this, was investors' top choice to invest, rising back up the ranks after landing in fifth place. So New York landed in fifth place last year. Okay? Uh, It's grown so much, and investors' interest in the U.S. is a sign of stability for the market and and the overall sentiment that New York is coming back. Now, I was talking to some people about this, and I do remember walking in New York City during the uh, height of the pandemic, and and I think, you know, if those of you are old enough to remember the Twilight Zone and that music, oh, you know, and... I walked down Fifth Avenue, and there wasn't a car. I mean, it was spooky. There was not a car. There was no people. It was like you were walking into the Twilight Zone. And now, I think the traffic is worse than before the pandemic. So you can't have it all. But, um, so I was in Florida, and I'm talking to, I mean, half of New York might as well be here. But I'm talking to a lot of people, and they're like, well, New York's just not the same, and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know, for those of you who know me, I'm a very loyal person. And I don't think the city is back 100% to where it was, but I believe it will be. But I don't believe that we should desert, okay? You know, it's like deserting a good friend when they're just a little down and out. They've come a long way. They have really, really gotten it back together a lot quicker than I thought they would be. A lot of businesses are investing in New York City. And here's what I wanted. So I started writing to somebody who had something negative to say on social media, and I said, hey, you know what? You don't deserve things when they're, you know, not perfect. You stick by them and you help make them better. And so I'm going to come up with something um, because it's something that really means a lot to me. Um, New York will definitely always come back. And it's coming back now. Look at the prices they're getting. It's cra- crazy. I think Hudson Yards now, Stephen, is the, 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 probably the most priciest area. However, okay, I'd like to also, and when I put it all together, I'm going to ask everyone who lives in New York to get involved. Because you know what? Sometimes people think, you know, what can I do? I can't make a difference in the world alone. But if everyone does a little thing, and you know what? If you listen to the news today, you can listen to three different channels, and each channel will tell you something completely different. So I don't think a lot of people have faith in the news anymore because it's biased. It's not, it's, you know, just slanted however they want it to be. So it's good to listen to all the stations and then come up with your own opinion. 
But don't just complain about things. Be involved. And as I go forward with with what things that we can do to make New York City not better, the best that it's ever been, I'm going to ask for your help. I'm not going to ask for money. I'm going to ask for your help. And I advise you that when you listen to all these news shows, listen carefully because they're, they're, they're really very opinionated. They're not just straight news. What do you say to that, Steve? Do you agree? Well, I think there's a, there's a lot going on right now, and you mentioned a whole lot of things. You know, one of the trends I wanted to talk about during COVID, you know, were people buying in maybe the second home market. And, you know, it's interesting, Dottie, when you talk about interest in transactions in New York, and we've definitely seen an increase, one of the trends that came up during COVID, which we're seeing in the news now, were the real increase in rental properties in parts of upstate New York and Long Island outside the city. And what's interesting, you know, in some of these jurisdictions, rents went up in the span of about a year or so, 25, 35% in the middle of COVID. And what was interesting is you were seeing some of the pushback because there are some people who live in what would we maybe call a second home market as their primary residence. And they were having a lot of trouble with housing affordability. And it's interesting, that's a big debate going on in the country right now, housing affordability. And, and I know when Steve Moranis is gonna be on later, They've had a same issue with housing affordability in parts of Canada, and you see different responses. And in New York, they tried to push statewide something called a good cause eviction law, and it didn't work statewide. So a few cities picked this up. Um, Albany, Newburgh, uh, Poughkeepsie, a few other cities where they tried to deal with this good cause eviction. And there was a big development this past week, Dottie. And a, um, a, one of the uh, state judges may avoided that Albany good cause eviction law. And this is a very, avoided? very important. Yeah, what well, they said was that what, the law was illegal. Why? And I, well, for a few, number one, you can't have a law at a lower or local jurisdiction that violates at a higher level. What do I mean by that? A city can't have a law that violates state law, right? And a state law can't violate the Constitution, right? So Albany, the city of Albany, tried to pass a law because they couldn't get it through on the statewide level, and they lost because it violates um, state law. We have something called the Real Property uh, Action and Proceeding Law, uh, here in New York State. And what happened was um, the uh, judge said, look, you can't just create a set of rules that are in violation of state law. Now, Dottie, let's talk about for a second some of the rules that were there. And what's interesting is in New York, we have sort of two types of residential properties. We have what we call private free market, where a landlord and a tenant figure out the terms and what the rents are, and they make their deal. And you have other rent-regulated properties, rent control, rent stabilization, where a select number of properties, you're limited as to how much you can increase the rent, you have to offer renewal, there's a whole set of regulations, and there's a long history behind that, which I don't want to get to now, but what they try to do with these good cause eviction laws 
is take some of these regulations and apply it to free market property. And I'll tell you, Wait Dottie, a second. Stop. Let's yeah. say that again because that is earth-shaking to me. Uh, not in a good yeah. way. But uh, in other words, what they're so, trying to say, they, they want to take that to expand it, basically, and allow it to go to free market? You know. Well, yeah. So what they tried to do, and they passed a series of law. And big cities, Dottie, in New York, Albany passed one, um, Poughkeepsie. Beacon, Newburgh, Hudson. Um, I think they were looking at it in New Paltz, but they paused because of what was going on with the Albany litigation. And what they said was, well, we want something in the private sector. Now, you you, you figure you spend all this money, you save up some money, you make a good investment, and you own it and you should be able to rent it out how you want. Well, with, the, with this law, it was not so fast. So let me tell you what the law tried to do and why they turned it down. And ultimately, this is a good answer for landlords and tenants. And I'll explain why afterwards why it's good for tenants that this law was turned down, not just for landlords. Okay. And Shoot. what it said in the law is that you have to give all sorts of notices and give good cause if you're going to increase the rent more than 5%. Now, hold off a second. Sure, as a tenant, you want to pay less money. Why not, right? But let me ask you something, Dottie. Do property taxes, are they capped at 5%? No. Is electricity capped at 5%? No. Is water capped at 5%? Is insurance capped at 5%? What about repairs to a property? Is that capped at 5%? No. So what people need to understand is, first of all, you can't get the best of both worlds, right? You just can't eat cake for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and expect to have a healthy lifestyle, right, and have a well-balanced diet. No, you got to mix it up, right? The same thing over here. You can't expect a landlord to be capped on rental income and make sure the property is well-maintained, Right. We've had those issues in the past. They've tried that in New York City and we got slumlords. Right. Landlords that didn't maintain the property because the rental income didn't really cover things to maintain the building. We've already learned that lesson from the 70s. And let's not make that mistake again. So what happened was the judge rightfully ruled it down and said, look, you can't limit the economics of the landlord. It's not right now. Some states, like New Jersey, do have their version of good cause um, eviction. And in that law in New Jersey, which is the law of the land, you have to give the current tenant, as long as they've paid on time, not caused trouble, not damaged the place, the opportunity to renew. You have to offer them a lease. But that, that law was a little bit different. You have elements of that in the New York law that was overturned, but that didn't have that rental cap increase. Um, I know we're coming, coming up as a break, commercial break. I, we will, I really want to get into this. I want to talk about how this affects the market and, yeah. and investors right after the break. This is something everybody should listen to. It's really very important. We're going to be right back and we're going to talk about evictions and whether they can just evict you.
If you have an IRA or 401k, please listen closely. My name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. Throughout my career, let's just say I've been in some hairy situations. And I believe right now the biggest threat facing Americans is they need to protect their wealth, which is exactly what I'm doing for my wife and six kids. And I believe the ultimate safe haven is physical gold and silver. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. The folks I use are Advantage Gold, and believe me, I've investigated the heck out of all types of people. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest-rated gold company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now, and you'll see how easy it is to protect yourself with precious metals. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher inviting you to join me for a remarkable travel opportunity that will change your life forever. Dennis Prager and I are headed back to the Holy Land, Israel, this October. It's the Stand with Israel Tour. Join us along with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. We'll take you to key sites in the Holy Land, thoughtfully designed to give you unprecedented access to a region you've likely only read about. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com and get all the details. We'll uncover important geopolitical locations and show you Israel's significance on the world stage, past, present, and future. Step foot on the ancient streets of Jerusalem. We'll sail the Sea of Galilee, pray at the Western Wall, and so much more. We'll have guides for our group, lavish food, and luxurious accommodations. No other trip will be like this one. Come with Dennis and me this October. Register today. Call 855-565-5519. 855-565-5519. Or go to StandWithIsraelTour.com. StandWithIsraelTour.com. This is Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman and host of Eye on Real Estate on AM 970, The Answer. Listen, I just discovered a new line of skincare products that I must tell you about. I have tried many products that have been on the market for many years, so that's why I am so excited about Hemp Leaf. The Vanilla Passion Skin Cream is soft and the scent is so calming. The feel on my skin, it well... I can just tell you it's amazing. It's not at all greasy. It's easily absorbed. And I can feel my skin perking up the minute I put it on me. The black soap, while it may look less than inviting, was the most amazing surprise. It's smooth and creamy and makes my skin feel so soft and hydrated. And that's what we all want. I'm really looking forward to trying the rest of the product line and sharing my thoughts with you. Remember, I would never put anything on my body that I wouldn't put in it. You can visit them at www.hempleaf.com. So that's www.hemplief.com. And if you enter the word Dottie at the checkout, you'll receive 10% off. Marketing your business is hard. It's so competitive, and getting new customers is as hard as keeping your existing ones. We know it because we're a local business, too. So when it comes to marketing your business and getting new customers, we know how to do it. Our digital marketing firm, Salem Surround, is built to create customized solutions to your business, not your competitors, just you. Reach out to us at SalemSurround.com, and we'll work with you to create those solutions that will increase your business and bring you new customers. SalemSurround.com. 
This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg welcomes back New York State Senator Kirsten Gillibrand to discuss the hot-button issue of protecting Social Security for seniors. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd, Saturday at 2.30 with an Encore at 9 on AM 970 The Answer. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back. We're listening to Eye on Real Estate. Um, we're in the middle of uh, talking about this law that I guess wasn't passed, thank goodness, um, on whether a landlord could raise your rent, or they had to renew your lease. Stephen, you want to give us a little bit more information? Well, yeah, I want to be clear, was passed, but it was just overturned. Oh, okay. And so it was a law, this was a law in Albany. Again, there was a group of tenant activists that wanted to have a law statewide, which was not going anywhere, and, and rightfully so. So they started a strategy of going after certain cities to pass these good cause eviction laws. I also want to be clear, they varied city by city. But the logic really didn't add up, and it was actually, if it would have been allowed, it would have been very dangerous and bad for the real estate market, for owners, and also for tenants, and I'll explain why. But let me give you an example of some of the rationale. In the Albany law, one example in that legislation, um, what it says that landlords would be not allowed to increase rent by 5% or more without giving, quote, adequate written notice to the tenant. Now, New York state law has no right for the tenant to get, quote, adequate written notice and of what the new rent is. It's not that concept. I mean, that's a nebulous concept. And also, it's not distinguished on whether the rent increase is 1%, 5%, or 100%. And then on top of that, the Albany, Albany law had a concept that a tenant did not have to pay a rent increase if the rent hike is, quote, unconscionable. Now, well, when they Dottie, say unconscionable, how do you determine it? You really can't. I mean, I, I will tell you, go, this is now going back to law school. When you run out of arguments and you have a case and you're trying to dispute something, what you fall back on is it's nebulously against public policy and unconscionable. Now, once in a while, that's true. Right. If let's say there's a tornado that runs through town and all of a sudden there's one store left and they say a bottle of water, which would be a dollar, we're selling at one hundred dollars a bottle. That's unconscionable. But, Dottie, that's a pretty extreme case. Right. You had a special crisis and a massive increase to take advantage of people in the situation. And thanks. But this is really ill defined. This is not how you make law. People, when they're making investments and they want to invest, want to have certainty. And I'll tell you, Daddy, I'm going to give you an example. You talked about foreign national buyers coming back and looking at New York post-COVID, and they are. You're absolutely right about that trend. One of the clients we talked to was from Switzerland who said Germany has a version of this Albany good cause, what was the Albany good cause eviction law with all sorts of limitations. And they were pulling their real estate investments out of Germany to go to New York because we didn't have laws like this. 
when we have laws like this on the books, and again, thankfully the courts overturned it, it sends the wrong message. It says we're supposed to be a place where we believe in markets, where we want people to bring their money, invest, and make things better. And we're then, when we pass laws like this, send the opposite message. And when we talk about quality housing for tenants, Dottie, it costs money. If we don't have people who want to invest and continue to build, maintain, improve properties, it ultimately hurts the tenants because you're going to have a housing shortage. And then we're going to constantly play this game of incentives and rebates and stuff, and it will completely distort the market when you have laws like this. But I'm a big advocate, Stephen, that before anybody jumps to conclusions about anything, you need to hear the facts from both sides, okay? And one of the things that, if you think about it, obviously, if you're a renter, you'd be crazy if you didn't want to get the cheapest rent that you could. But now, on the other hand, and I've been talking a lot about investment in real estate because I think, um, and I'll talk a little about later, that right now is a great time to buy in the boroughs. I mean, uh, whether it's Brooklyn or Queens or New York City, you can still get a decent deal there. Um, but think about it. A person says, you know what? I'm going to buy a two- or three-family house. I'm going to... I'm going to save my money up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I think I can be a landlord. I don't live that far. I can manage the property myself. And then all of a sudden, you get, you know, and you can't guarantee the tenants. You know, it doesn't matter what they look like. You just have to check their credit thoroughly and see how they paid in the past. And even then, that's not a guarantee. There's always a risk in anything that you do in life, except do nothing. <laughs> okay. Uh, how would you feel if you're the landlord? And you, you can't fix up things. You can't, you, you have, you, you can't raise rents. I mean, and I, I again, uh, you know, what happens then is the whole building starts to fall down. And it not only devalues the building, it makes the conditions for the people living in it not, not, not good. So there's two sides to the story. You know, two sides to the story. I don't think that landlords should be pigs, excuse my language, and like, you know, go crazy. But at the same token, they put their money in it. As you said in the beginning of the show, Steve, they have to pay fuel. They have to pay upgrades. They have to pay taxes. And to limit what they can make so that they can't even cover their own costs, then why be a landlord? They might as well just walk away from the property. And that's not what will happen, because ultimately, you're right, property owners should be landlords, not land servants. That's, <laughs> that's a good I way mean, to put it. I mean, that's it. I mean, and to have somebody who is in, you know, some government official to say, here's what you can charge. Well, are you going to make up the difference? Are, are you no. going to keep utilities down? Because everyone, look at your content bills. Have they gone up or down in the last year? Right. When you go shopping in the supermarket, has it gone up or down? Right. I mean, costs have if you want to have well-maintained property. And by the way, there's a cost. If landlords are capped on rent and they don't maintain, they don't improve. Then all of a sudden they say, oh, you know, I used to walk by this house and every spring they planted a beautiful garden and it made the neighborhood feel nice. Well, if I'm a landlord 
I'm going to cut in places that don't matter. First thing to go is the pretty flowers. And that changes the whole vibe and the experience of how people walking down the street. You want to have real estate is not just about where people live. It is. But that's how you build a community. And if you want the retail stores to be there and people to just walk down the sidewalk, you want to have people not only maintain the property, but also make it warm and inviting. And if, and if they're capped on their income, they're not going to spend. And that free good that the community had of people doing nice things, they start disappearing. Yes, and look at the, you know, I'm so excited about this. And I was saying in the beginning of the show that New York City which um, I remember people telling me, oh, New York City's never coming back, blah, blah, blah. New York City is back at the top of the international CRE investors' wish list. And they're picking it over Europe, and we'll have a guest on later that will talk about that also. Allocations among international investors for commercial real estate in the U.S. were up by 6% over a year ago, while European investments declined by 5%. And that's by the Association for International Real Estate Investors. Within the U.S., New York City was investors' top choice to invest in, rising back up the ranks after landing in fifth place last year. So last year, New York was in fifth place. They're back right on top. Okay? The 6% growth in the investor interest in the U.S. is a sign of stability for the market, but overall sentiment, okay, is muted. London stayed in the top spot among global cities, but New York returned to the second place globally. Now think about it. Take all of the world, okay? New York returned to second place in the world and took back its historical top spot in the U.S. Boston was number two in the U.S. And... I think Atlanta finished number five. The Northeast returned to the top spots displaced last year's investors' favorites when the Sunbelt cities, Austin and Atlanta, swooped up to nab the top spots. And then New York was number six. So now it's number well, two. And I just I say know. congratulations, New York. I know it's been tough, but you're really doing a good job. And I know we're kind of to a break, but I want to... After the break, I want to tell you about some stuff that's going on in Los Angeles that people are not going to want to miss. I can't wait to hear. We'll be right back, and then we're going to talk about what's going on in the rest of the country. Dennis Prager here. Sue and I mean it when we say dogs are part of our family. We love Otto and Snoopy so much, and there's nothing like their loyal companionship. So we provide them with Rough Greens, R-U-F-F, because we want them to feel healthy and be with us as long as possible. I know Charlie Kirk feels the same way. The Pragers and I couldn't agree more. I rely on my trusted furry friend, Mr. Briggs, who's an absolute machine, and he relies on me to provide what's best for him. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black has packed Rough Greens, not a dog food, but a supplement full of vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, and omega oils that Mr. Briggs absolutely needs and loves. Trying Rough Greens for your dog just makes sense. 
Greetings, naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black here. I'm honored that the Pragers and Charlie trust their dog's health to Rough Green. I'm so confident that Rough Green can help your dog too that I'm offering you a free Jumpstart trial bag. Just cover the shipping. Yes, dog food is dead food, but it doesn't have to be. Go to ruffgreens.com. Relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Local Business Owner, do you get calls from multiple digital marketing firms trying to sell you the quick fix to your marketing challenges? Maybe you've bought the latest tactic that some hotshot sold you and you're wondering where your results are. The problem is you know you need to market your business, but trusting a partner, well, that's been a challenge. Our solution for many local business owners is through our digital marketing solutions, Salem Surround. Salem Surround is unique because we're based on the same guiding principles that Salem Media is. We actually care about our clients and we're accountable to our results. The same care that we deliver our radio content to you is the same we do with all our digital marketing services. So reach out to us at SalemSurround.com today and we'll consult with you about your individual needs and create a customized plan to actually do what you need your investment to do. That's SalemSurround.com, a full-service digital marketing solution for your business. This is Dennis Prager inviting you to join me for an extraordinary travel opportunity that will be the highlight of your year, maybe a highlight of your life. Mike Gallagher and I are headed back to Israel this October for the Stand with Israel tour. Join us along with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, as we uncover important geopolitical sites and show you Israel's significance on the world stage. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to register or call 855-565-5519. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. Want to listen to AM 970 The Answer on the go? There's an app for that. Download our free smartphone app so you can listen to all your favorite shows, keep up with us on social media, enter contests, win prizes, and even interact with our hosts all in one place. Just search AM 970 The Answer in the iPhone App Store or the Google Play Store for the Android. Again, search AM 970 The Answer and download our smartphone app today. That way, you can and take us wherever you go. The only station in New York that doesn't hold back. AM 970, The Answer. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back and we're discussing... The pros and the cons of, uh, how can I put it? Well, I guess the pros and the cons of whether a landlord can, how much they can raise your rent, can they raise it to any amount? I mean, there's limits on how much they can raise it, isn't there, Stephen, or is there none? Well, for a free market property, the answer, the answer is no. Um, if it's not subject to rent regulation... Um, then it's up to the landlord and the tenant to negotiate a deal. Now, those good cause eviction laws try to put that in that limitation in effect, uh, 
And that was the law in Albany and some other cities in New York. But just this week, it got overturned, thankfully. But it's definitely a hot topic. And, and what happens is, Dottie, is we're in a society right now where things move much faster than they used to, right? Information, we saw bank deposits a couple of weeks ago, things moving very, very fast. And with that, particularly under COVID, rents really fluctuated a lot. And so it's tough for people, and I'm sympathetic to it, where they sort of have a budget, they have an income, and they sort of plan, and there were some wild swings. But that's not the reason to really, um, you know, really manipulate policy and really take from from others. And and I'll tell you, Dottie, I'll I'll show you another example of policy which has a cause and effect is right now, today, starting in Los Angeles. So effective April 1st, happy Fool's Day, April Fool's Day today in Los Angeles, there's a new tax. And yeah, and this is not an April Fool's joke. So. There is now the, the L.A. mansion tax. So what this means, and, and the purpose of the tax was supposedly to raise money to fight homelessness in L.A., but it goes, Dottie, it goes into the general fund of Los Angeles, so it's going to be used how they want to. And here's what it is. Under this new measure... If a seller sells a property at $5 million or more, and I know these are expensive properties, there's a 4% tax on top of everything else that they have to pay. And if the property is $10 million or more, it's 5.5%. So, Dottie, just to put this in context, and remember, there's a lot of famous people in Hollywood high tech that are in Los Angeles, some very expensive properties, athletes and so forth. If you sell a home for $5 million, this one tax is a $200,000 tax. And, you know, if you sell a home for $20 million, you're paying $1 million in tax on your transaction. And that's before you pay anything else. Capital gains, attorneys, title companies, brokers. I mean, a million-dollar tax, the transfer tax, is significant. So what's happened, Donnie, is people react to the law. And literally, there were listings that flew up in March, people who were modifying prices and said, if you close by March 31st, we're going to give a discount. And literally, there was a deal that went into contract and closed this week just to beat the tax. Um, and they worked around with the price. So it goes to show you, Dottie, government policies – picking winners, picking losers, taxes, so forth, people are going to react to that. And I think these are two great stories. Now, look, the L.A. tax was for very luxury properties. It only starts when a home is worth $5 million or more. So we're talking about a very small set of properties. And the other end of that was this good cause eviction law in New York for tenants. But what, I, what you can't take away from this, Dottie, and this is very important, is messaging. It's not just the specifics of the laws and taxes, which could create issues and distortions in the market, but it sends a signal to people where if you're trying to say this is where we want to attract investment, have growth, more jobs, um, or really look at other ways to get revenue. So it's very important to watch and see these trends. That's so true. And as again, I really think there's so much going on today 
that you really have to stay informed. And again, you probably have to listen to a few different stations or read a few different papers because, you know, you can read one, one paper or listen to one news show and it sounds completely different than the other. And then you kind of have to absorb it all in and then kind of make your own decisions. But more so than that, you have to be involved. Okay, I hear so many people complain about things, complain, complain. Well, what are you doing? Well, what can I do alone? Well, if everyone thought that, nothing would change. So if you, if you, if you know an issue and you feel strongly about it, you should write. Um, I have a funny uh, thing that I was asked to uh, do this for one of the magazines, and I'm just going to be curious to see, like, what our listeners think about this. The, the question that they asked me was just kind of a crazy kind of question. What they said... Mortgage experts say if your home has X mortgage rate, so you have to put the mortgage rate in, okay? So if you're sitting and not driving or you're listening, just think about a number. Mortgage experts say if your home has X mortgage rate or lower, you should hold on to your house for now. What is that magical number? It's a good question. Um, I mean, first of all, before I answer it, if I can, Dottie, concept, right? What we're talking about is, and this is, and Dottie, you've pointed this out before and made a great point. One of the reasons that we're seeing fewer, a little bit of a lower volume of transactions than I think we would otherwise is if somebody wants to downsize and they're trading their expensive property with a 3% mortgage and they get a smaller property but a 6% mortgage, exactly. they're not really saving money. No. Um, and and that's that's the trend right now. Um, well, so that's a big you, issue. You answered it right. The pandemic caused mortgage rates to fall to historic lows. If you had a 30-year fixed rate, those lows, if you go back, range from 2.5% to 4.0%. Now, in my lifetime, I never saw a 2.5% 30-year mortgage. They did that. But that was an anomaly and an exception. So obviously, if you bought your home during the pandemic, if you were lucky enough to win that bid, and you got a mortgage for about two and a half, three percent, three and a half, up to four, I think you're you're going to hold on to your property, okay, as long as you can, because you're going to pay a lot more in interest now. The lower the interest rate, the more manageable the mortgage payments will be for a consumer. You will be paying more towards principal than interest if you sell. So if you are not forced to sell due to unforeseen circumstances, such as divorce or death, then holding on to the property can lead you to building up your real estate portfolio. As an individual accumulates more properties, they are potentially building up their future wealth with residual cash flow income from these properties. So if you have those low interest rates on your current home and you want to move, you would not be able to get that rate today. I think they're about high sixes, if I'm not mistaken today. Uh, therefore, yeah, it, dep depends on the, more. it depends on the product, yeah. So obviously, if you were fortunate enough to get that rate, which I had never heard of in my lifetime, Okay, then they asked me, well, why is X? Because I said, if you have a mortgage up to about 4 4.5%, um, you should hold on to it. They said, why is X the magic mortgage number? Now, again, there's no science to this. This is just my feeling on it. You could have a different feeling. But think about it. 
If you have a mortgage rate higher than 4%, it makes sense to sell your home. Why? In this market, we cannot just focus on the rate, but also on the prices of the home. So if you sell your home for a reasonable price and you work out the numbers so that it's enough to cover your down payment and closing costs, um, then you can do it. So you also have to look at not only the mortgage rate, you have to look at what somebody's going to pay you for the home. At what more? Now these are weird questions. Nobody has ever in my lifetime said to me, "At what mortgage rate should I, I sell my home?" I've never heard that question yeah. in thirty years. Hey, Daddy, can I just mention something for a second? Because I want to stress a point that you mentioned and something interesting, which they do in the UK, which I don't see in the US. And we had this conversation just a couple days ago. The concept of mortgage porting. In, in the UK, I've seen some examples, but I've never seen it in the US, where lenders will actually let you, and there's a lot of details behind this, but if you sell your property, you can take your mortgage to your next property to exactly address this issue. Where, again, I don't, see, I don't know of any bank that allows this in the United States. You have to just get a new loan, but literally to keep transaction flow going and not deal with this issue of getting a new home with a higher rate, you take your old mortgage and you bring it with you to a new property. Um, they call it mortgage porting. But again, I've seen it in the United Kingdom, but, but not over here. But it's interesting as a solution to this exact problem that you're mentioning. Right. And if you have um, a good rate to sell, so if you have um, anything under 5%, like 4.75, that's a great rate. Because uh, we're, like, you know, we're a lot higher than now. But I do remember, as I told you many times on this show, I think uh, in the 80s, the, the, the rate was 16 point something. And I had started the business then. And I'll never forget, I walked into this real estate office. I was this new green person walking in, knowing nothing. And the real estate people said, why would you come into the business now? The interest rates are 16%. And... You couldn't get your commitment, you know, they didn't lock in a commitment until two weeks before closing then. So it could have even gone up. So I think if you have those kind of rates, because we're not, I, I don't want to predict, but I do not think we're going to see two or three rate, percentage rates again. Oh, and your opinion, and again, this is only opinion nobody knows but the man upstairs. Are mortgage rates going to come up or down? Well, Daddy, you know, it's interesting. I want to, before answering that question, I want to mention one of the things back when, when you were there back in the 80s when we had these high interest rates. Another thing which banks used to do, which they don't do anymore, I don't know if you remember this, the wraparound mortgages. Do you remember yes, that term? Do. I do. I knew everything. You had to know all so that do it. I mean, it was, and for, for some of the younger listeners, they're like, what are you talking about, a wraparound mortgage? What they used to do is, if I were to sell my home and let's say I had a 10% interest rate on my mortgage and let's say I owed a half a million dollars, right? And the borrower is going to look for an $800,000 loan. What they would let you do is keep the half a million dollar mortgage at that rate at let's say the 10% rate and the additional amount of borrowing the 300,000, maybe market was 12%. So you're paying 12% on the additional money, but you get to keep the old loan in place. So you'd actually have two mortgages wrapped up together into one with, with effectively a blended rate. You know, I think this is where there's an opportunity for banks, if they're willing to be a little bit flexible and creative, 
to really help move the market along. Um, you know, it's some interesting creativity that can be out there. Um, lot, you know what? I'm, I have to tell you, what I learned in my first and second year of real estate, because the interest rates were so high, that people had to work together. And people had to come up and be creative. Okay? Um, and so the more you know about mortgages and different types of mortgages, and then the buyer would sometimes participate in the financing, or if, the, if I mean, excuse me, the seller. If the seller had enough money, sometimes they'd take the whole mortgage back. So if you were a seller, let's say you're selling a house for 700000 and you're fortunate enough that you don't need it to buy something else, you could charge a higher interest rate because somebody doesn't have to go through the banks and pay all those things. And at worst, if the people don't pay, you get your house back. So, um, And by the way, Dottie, on that point, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned seller financing. If you have a seller who owns, let's say, a property outright, they don't have a mortgage payoff, there's a lot of flexibility. And here's the fascinating thing, Dottie. If you have an appreciated property, let's say you're a seller, you've had the property for years and it went up a lot in value. If you do seller financing back, under the tax code, we can do something called an installment sale, and we could really push out and save on capital gains taxes. And so what's interesting is there's a lot of opportunities, and I know our listeners understand it, but for maybe some of our first-time listeners or so forth, real estate has so many fascinating provisions in the tax code where if you're thoughtful about it, there's a way to really increase your rate of return on your investment and a lot of opportunities. And this is just another example when you build in that creativity in the transaction. And that's why you should always work with a great team because no one can know everything. So you want to put a team together, you know, a good accountant, a good attorney, a good real estate broker. And I'll quickly tell you this. At what point should a homeowner refinance? And the general rule of thumb is if the rate is less than 1% than, you, than your current mortgage rate, then it would be worth it. Ultimately, the numbers have to make sense and there has to be a benefit to the consumer. If the homeowner has a pandemic rate of 2, 2, 2, 2.3 or 5%, they shouldn't be refinancing unless they are an extraordinary set of circumstances. So those of you who really bought during the pandemic and won those bids and got those great mortgage rates, consider yourself lucky. When you wake up in the morning, say, hey, it's, that was like winning the lottery. I don't suspect we're going to see those rates. That was really to, because now we're going to try to keep inflation down, so they're raising The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.